with this man here in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Pastor Kyle, come on. What's up, guys? We doing all right? We doing all right tonight? Good deal. I think we're going to catch the lights for you guys in the back. There we go. Now you guys can see and use your Bibles and all that stuff. I have missed royally. I feel like I got robbed last year. We had Elevate, and then there were all so many good things that happened at Elevate, and then all of a sudden we couldn't see you anymore, and we haven't been able to do everything. So I'm so glad to be back with you guys in the student building. Man, if we, if we uh, re- rewound all the way back to February of 2020, who knew that 2020 was going to look the way that it did? And that gave me a bright idea. Um, I wanted to ask you guys this question. How many of you have made, uh, made New Year's resolutions for 2020? Anybody make New Year's resolutions? Let me ask you, how are those New Year's resolutions going? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought it would be funny to go to, uh, go to the internet and search what the most popular New Year's resolutions were for 2020 and just see what those were like. Now, normally, if we were no social distancing and stuff, I would ask you guys to turn to your neighbor and, and try to guess how many of these are possible, but, but we're not going to do that right now. So we're just going to play this game together, okay? This, these are, according to you.gov, December 2019, this poll was ran. December 2019, you.gov top 10 resolutions for 2020. I want to see how many of these actually happened. So you'll notice, if you look at the screen, you'll notice that there was one that was more, more popular than any of the others. 50% of people who responded said this was one of their New Year's resolutions. Number 10 was 25%, okay? So according to people who responded to you.gov, what do you think number 10 was? Anybody have any guesses? Bueller. Your parents got that one. Anybody? Anybody? Anybody have any guesses whatsoever? What? Get fit. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what number. Let's see what number ten was. What's number ten? Number ten was learn a new skill. This would be like learning how to play guitar or piano. Anybody out there? You thought, hey, maybe this would be the year I'll learn how to play an instrument. Anybody? A few of you. Okay. All right, there we go. What do you think number nine was? It was tied with number 10. Anybody? Any guesses? Get fit. fit. We're going to keep saying that one until we get to the end. All right, there's number nine. Number nine was travel more. I want to travel. How do you think that one's going in 2020? I don't think that one happened very much. In fact, people traveling is probably one of the reasons we're in this mess, right? Right? All right, so... um, Number eight, what do you think number eight was? Get fit. We're going to keep saying that one until we get it, all right? Anybody, any other guesses? Drive more? Yeah, I don't think that one happened either. All right, where's number eight? Number eight, 28% said they wanted to focus on their spiritual growth. That, that, That could be reading your Bible. That could be, some people said, meditating. After all, I mean, they got this funny guy doing this number, all right? All right. So what was number seven? Let's look at number seven. Number seven, 30% was read more books. I like that one. Let's see if that one was on the list. Number seven was stick to a budget. Stick to, you know, that one might have actually been possible because there was nothing to spend money on except, 
Yeah, I mean, like, you couldn't even buy toilet paper. Now, on the flip side, groceries got more expensive. Good luck finding something on sale. You weren't finding toilet paper on sale, I can tell you that much. All right, number six at 30%. What do you guys think that one was? <laughs> I love it. All right, let's see what number six was. Number six was get more sleep. That one may have happened. There, there was little that you could do except sleep. That was like the safest thing you could do, you know? All right, it's number five. What do you think it was? Get fit. All right. Uh, what else do you think? Get what now? Be a bodybuilder. I like that. All right, let's see what number five was. 34% reduce stress. I don't think that one happened in 2020 either. I don't know about you. My life did not get more carefree in 2020. I, was, I tried really, really hard. All right, what do you guys think number four was? Get fit. All right, what else? Eat more chicken. I like that one. I like that one. I like that. Chick-fil-A, that's a really good idea. You guys, you guys need to be taking, the, uh, taking these polls so we can have more exciting answers. Number four was lose weight. That didn't happen for most people. They, they, gained, they gained what's called the COVID-19. They gained the 19 pounds, okay, instead of losing it. Yeah, just ask some of your leaders how, how losing weight's gone. It isn't, I know I gained my weight. All right, number three, what do you think it was? Okay, all right. That was a really long one. I hope you're right. Okay. No, 43% said they wanted to eat more healthily. Anybody stress eat out there? All right, I stress eat. I stress eat all the time. So if you take eat more healthily and combine it with lose weight, and then you add in the... Uh, the, 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 where is it? Reduce stress? That was a recipe for disaster right there in 2020. All right, what's number two? What do you think it was? Get fit. All right, I got it. All right, what else? I'll spend more time with family. I like that one. What was number two? Let's see what number two is. Save money. Save money. Not if, I mean, you saved money if you couldn't buy toilet paper. Because you, you couldn't spend on it. You can't spend something on something that you can't find. And then all of a sudden, we have number one, and the answer is, everybody said? Get fit. Exercise more. All right, that didn't happen either because they closed down the gym. So <laughs> let's be honest. When it came to New Year's resolutions... They were kind of a colossal failure this year because we just didn't know what was coming. We, have a, we had a bunch of problems that kind of set in, all right? Believe it or not, as a church, we had two big resolutions at the beginning of the year. Here were our two big resolutions that you may or may not be aware of. Number one, we wanted to see 100 people get baptized at Spotswood. It's hard to baptize people when you're not allowed to gather on campus, am I Right? Right? Now, we've seen people get baptized, but we're nowhere near 100. It's, it's, it can be a little discouraging. And then we had something called the Who's Your One campaign. Anybody remember the Who's Your One campaign? All right. At the beginning of January, we asked, we asked everybody in our church who's a Christian, 
we asked you to identify one person in your life that you were going to spend the year investing in their lives. You were going to pray for them. You were going to invite them to church stuff. You were going to share Jesus with them, tell them about Jesus, share the gospel with them, right? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we were told, you can't go near anybody. It's really hard. It can be really hard to advance the gospel, advance the kingdom of God when you're told you can't be around people because the kingdom of God is people, right? And so for a lot of us, whether it's a New Year's resolution at the beginning of the year to lose weight, get fit, eat more chicken, whatever, whether, whether it's the, the New Year's resolutions for that or it's the resolutions we had as a church, it can be discouraging when problems surface up in your life and they threaten your ability to accomplish your resolution or threaten the ability to accomplish the mission. Like everyone else, our resolutions haven't gone very well. So sometimes you can have one of three different reactions. Maybe you, when things don't go your way, you're not able to be successful, whether it's sharing the gospel with someone or or, or, or giving up a particular sin that's had control of your life or whatever. We can, we can get discouraged and we can beat ourselves up. Some of us beat ourselves up for our inability to accomplish whatever goal that we've set for ourselves, whether it's a spiritual goal or not. Some of us, we have a second reaction. We throw our hands up and we just quit. It's too hard. This problem got in the way, so I'm going to quit. All right, I'm not going to share the gospel with my friend because... It just got too hard. They told me I couldn't be around my friends, so I'm just going to quit. Some of us, we have this reaction. We just give ourselves a pass. Oh, well, we had, we had this difficult thing happen, so we're just going to give ourselves a pass and not worry about it. But I don't think that's what God wants for us. See, because I believe if God lays something on our hearts that He wants us to do, whether it's see our 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 mom or our dad get baptized and become a Christian, whether it's we want to see, um, we want to we want to get a breakthrough in our life with this particular sin that's had control over us, whether we want to mend a friendship that's been broken, whatever the whatever the goal is that we feel like God has laid on our hearts, I don't think because problems surface in our lives that God simply wants us to give up to quit, to say, it's just too hard, it's not that big of a deal. So here's tonight's one big question. If God has given us a mission, specifically a who's your one mission, to identify people in our lives who need Jesus and share Jesus with them, the mission is too important to quit. So how do we overcome COVID-19 to continue our Who's Your One campaign. The mission of taking Jesus, of advancing the kingdom of God to our lost friends, neighbors, for our adults in the room, coworkers, classmates, if the, the mission is that important, then how can we overcome COVID-19 to continue our Who's Your One campaign for the rest of the year? September starts today. We've got four more months. September, October, November, December. Four more months. How can we overcome all of the problems that COVID-19 has brought to continue our Who's Your One campaign? If you got a Bible, open up with me to Philippians chapter 1. 
you don't have a Bible, oh, we're not passing around Bibles, are we? Thank you, COVID. I appreciate that. It'll be on the screen. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians is my favorite book of the Bible. I know this book backwards and forwards and upside down. I couldn't quote it to you backwards. That would be weird. Maybe I'll learn one day. I don't know. We'll see. So Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 12, all right? Here's what Paul says to the church in the city of Philippi. He says, Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. Let's stop right there. There's a lot to unpack in that one one verse. Here's point number one that I want you guys to think about. Number one, Paul had a mission. Paul had a mission. His mission is at the very end of the verse. He says, advance the gospel. Advance the gospel. Paul's mission on earth was no matter what he did, no matter how he spent his time, he wanted to make sure that he was advancing the gospel every single step of the way. This mission took Paul on several different missionary journeys. He would go out, he would visit one church, then he'd go out and he'd visit another church, he'd go out and he'd start another church, he'd go out and start another church, and he would go ahead and share Jesus and he would help people become Christians. Because this was Paul's mission. This mission propelled Paul to write many books of the Bible. If you read a book in the New Testament, there's a very, very high percentage chance that you're going to read something that Paul wrote. Because he was bent on making sure people understood that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. He was buried and he rose from the dead. And that that changes everything about your life. It should change the way you live. It should change the way you think. It should change everything about you. In fact, it's, tradition even tells us that Paul would lose his life because of the mission of God. He cared so much about accomplishing the mission that he would even lose his life accomplishing the mission. Paul had a mission. You know, we have a mission as a church. We have a mission as a church. Our mission is the same. It's to advance the gospel. As a church, this is the way that we write it. We want, and you, you, if you go into the main doors of the church, you will see it up there on the, on the wall. Look for it next time. It says, we want to be a community of light in a dark world by making disciples who love God and love their neighbor through transformational teaching, biblical community, and missional living. In fact, I think it could pop up on the screen for you so you don't have to take my word for it. We'll see how good I did on quoting it. Maybe it's not there. There we go. There we go. We exist to be a community of light in a dark world by making disciples who love God and love their neighbor through transformational teaching, biblical community, and missional living. That's how we say it as a church, making disciples. As a student ministry, you go outside, you're going to see it on the wall. Our mission is to help people experience life change because of Jesus one step at a time. Life change because of Jesus, one step at a time. It's not enough for you to just come as you are. We don't want you to stay as you are. We want your life to be impacted majorly by Jesus Christ and the fact that he died for you. There are other ways that you will see it said all over the Bible. We want to help people become Christians. We want to see people get saved. We want to tell people about Jesus. We want to be witnesses of Jesus. We want to speak the word into people's lives. 
We have a mission. Paul had a mission to advance the gospel. Understand this. If you're a Christian in the room, you have been given the exact same mission to advance the gospel. No matter how you say it, no matter what words you come up with, no matter how clever they are, let me be clear. Your mission on earth is to make disciples. We get that from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It's the very end Jesus uh, of the book of Matthew. Jesus has died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He spent some time teaching his followers and he left them with his final words. He said this, Jesus came near and said to them, listen, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. This isn't just for you. This is for everybody. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember this, I am with you always to the end of the age. Understand, Paul had a mission, you have a mission. Here's point number two. Paul had a problem that could threaten his mission. Paul had a problem that could threaten his mission. You know what his problem was? As he's writing this particular letter to the Christians who are living in the city of Philippi, Paul was in prison. Let me ask you, how easy is it to go around from city to city to city to city telling people about Jesus when you're in prison? It's not very easy, is it? He had a problem that threatened his mission. He couldn't travel from city to city visiting churches and planting churches and telling people about Jesus. He got in trouble because he was telling people about Jesus. They said, Paul, we don't like you telling people about Jesus, so you get to go to jail. That's a problem. We have a problem too. It's called COVID-19. We've been in COVID-19 prison for six months. Right? You've been told, you've got to stay in your house. You can't go anywhere. You can't see anybody. It's a little bit of a problem too. Listen, we've got fewer opportunities to invite friends to church. Hard to invite friends to church when church isn't happening. <laughs> we got fewer opportunities to hang out with friends. Fewer opportunities to talk with them about Jesus. We're just see- we've just been seeing fewer people in general. But listen, even though Paul had problems, he believed verse 12. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, this prison that I'm sitting in, this thing that feels like a big problem, it's actually advanced the gospel. This this problem that I'm undergoing, this problem that threatens my mission to advance the gospel, it hasn't stopped my mission to advance the gospel. It's actually advanced the mission. It's actually helped the mission. Paul just had a way of looking at things very differently. How could Paul say such a thing? Let's look at verse 13. It's actually advanced the gospel so that, number one, it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. In other words, everybody 
Everybody in the prison knows that I'm here because I was preaching Jesus. And they, they know I'm here because I'm a Christian. And you better believe Paul didn't keep his mouth shut when he was in prison. He's like, fine. You're going to tell me I can't share the gospel out there? You're going to keep me from sharing it with them out there? I'm going to share it with people in here. These imperial guards, they're going to know who Jesus is. These other prisoners, they're going to know who Jesus is. Whoever I come into contact with, they're going to know who Jesus is. Everybody outside those walls, they're going to know that I'm here because of Jesus. Second thing he said, not only are they all going to know about Jesus, but verse 14, most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. So not, not only is Paul sharing, continuing to share Jesus with people while he's in prison, but everybody else who's a Christian has been, has been emboldened. Like, Paul's in prison for Jesus. We can't let him suffer alone. We're going to tell people about Jesus too. So it's very likely that if Paul had not gone to prison, that the gospel would have actually been shared less. But here he is. He goes to prison. And more and more people go, this is too important to let Paul suffer in prison for in vain. We're going to stand up and we're going to tell people how much Jesus loves them. That He died on the cross for their sins and He rose from the dead so that they could be reconciled with God, so that they could be made right with the God who created them and loves them. Paul recognized the truth of point number three. There's always purpose in the problems. There's always purpose in problems. That may sound a little bit weird, right? Like, I have a problem in my life. Sometimes we feel like bad things happen to us, and it's just meaningless. Bad things happen in life. Why would God let something like that happen? And you know what? Sometimes we never find out the answer to why God would let bad things happen. But sometimes we do. For example, let me tell you about um, a, a man named Joseph from the book of Genesis. Joseph, a little bit of a cocky teenager. All right, he was he was daddy's favorite, and so he liked to he liked to tell his, he he liked to act like he was daddy's favorite, and his brothers didn't take too kindly to that. So what they did is they chose they chose to throw Joseph down into a bot, a pit. They thought about killing him. They changed their minds. Instead, they sold him into slavery. Joseph ends up, and they tell his daddy that he was killed by a wild animal. So they Joseph ends up going all the way to Egypt. He spends time with a man named Potiphar. He gets framed for a crime he didn't commit. So he ends up going to jail in Egypt. And while he's there, he ends up developing, uh, through, through a weird set of circumstances, he ends up developing a relationship with Pharaoh. And because of the fact that Joseph could, could, uh, could interpret dreams, he ends up, he ends up becoming one of the most powerful people in all of Egypt because there was a coming famine. And Joseph was able to predict that there was a coming famine. And he was able to lead Egypt 
to prepare for it. And so lo and behold, his brothers end up coming after all these years to Egypt for help. They needed food. And lo and behold, the brothers meet Joseph. And all of a sudden, the brothers are scared to death of what Joseph is going to do to him. Joseph was in a position. You ever wanted to be in a position where you could give someone payback? Joseph was in a position to give payback. He could get his revenge. But you know what? Instead of getting his revenge, he chose to say this in Genesis 50 verse 20. He said, you planned evil against me, but God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. You know what he was willing to say? is God turned this massive problem in my life around so that it could benefit the survival of many different people. There was purpose in his problem. You know what? God has a promise for you that he, gave, that he gives in, the, in, in Romans 8.28. You know what he says? He says, we know that God causes everything. Everybody say the word everything. One more time. Everything. Okay, I lied. Say it one more time. Everything. everything. He causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. You know what that means? You know what that verse means? It means that God is going to cause COVID-19 to work together for your good. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't even know if you'll be able to recognize the good that it's going to cause. But I know this. God does not lie. Listen. God has a solution for every problem so that the mission can continue. God has a solution for every problem so that the mission can continue. How can COVID-19 be a solution? I'll tell you one story. My one is a pilot. You know what pilots do? They fly planes. You know when they fly, fly planes where they're not? At home. So I knew, I knew that sharing the gospel with my one was going to be an incredible challenge because He's hardly ever home. But you know when he has been home? For the past six months. I've been able to invest in his life in a way that I have not been able to invest in before now. God has actually advanced the gospel in this man's life because I've had conversations with him about Jesus and church that I've never been able to have before because COVID-19 happened. Listen, tragedy and heartbreak, some of us have seen that during COVID-19. You know what I have found? Bad things in life tend to make people pay more attention to God. Sometimes they walk away from God, they're mad at Him, but sometimes they're more interested. I remember I was a senior in high school. This is back before you guys were born. But I was a senior in high school when 9-11 happened. I remember... We, could not, we did not have enough seats in our church to fit the number of people who wanted to hear what God had to say about what happened. 
Sometimes bad things can cause people to pay more attention to God. Sometimes forced absence, like you, you're not allowed to go to church, sometimes it makes people care more about the things that they're missing. I don't know about you, but for me, missing out on church has made me miss it so much. When I miss something like that, it makes me realize how much I value it, and it makes me care more about whether or not other people value it too. We take the next Sunday for granted. We go, oh, I didn't invite them to the church this Sunday. Maybe I'll invite them next Sunday. Oh, maybe I'll invite them next Sunday. And then all of a sudden we realize next Sunday wasn't promised to us. Makes you care a little bit more. COVID-19 could, could present all kinds of solutions. We just have to be willing to look for them. So what happened for Paul? What could happen for us? You know what Paul had that we need? A change of perspective. We need to be willing to look at our problems differently. Right now, we look at our problems as things that are getting in the way of our mission from God. When maybe we need to look at our problems as God's way to propel us forward in the mission from God. Paul was willing to say, this is bad, but I choose, I choose to look at it a different way. Here's the main point for you guys. Perspective finds the win when problems show loss. Perspective finds the win when problems show loss. In other words, if I'm willing to look at my problem differently, just maybe that could be a win instead of a loss. I don't have any hair. Have you noticed that before? All right, if I were to let it grow, you'd realize just how much hair I don't have. Okay? So, um, when I was younger, I looked at that as a big problem. Okay? I don't have hair. I'm, I'm going to be self-conscious about the fact that I don't have hair and I can't grow hair. As I've gotten older, I actually think it's a massive win because you know what I don't have to do in the morning? I don't have to brush my hair. You know what I don't have to do when it's raining outside? I don't have to go to the bathroom and fix my hair. I'm free. I don't have to wash my hair in the morning. I, get to, I save money. I can actually meet that goal. I don't have to buy shampoo. It's great. I was able to turn my problem. I was to, able to let my perspective, change of perspective, find the win rather than looking at it as a loss. I lost hair, but in the long run, I won. Right? Some of you may not look at it that way. And some of y'all are thinking, but if I lost hair as a sixth grader, that's a lot different than losing the hair as you. <laughs> Fair enough, right? But here's the deal. COVID-19 has been a massive problem. It's kept us from sharing the gospel with people. Let's find the win. How can we use COVID-19 to help us share the gospel with people? Let's get creative. I don't know what the answer is for you. But I tell you what, if God has promised that He's going to work out COVID-19 for my good and His glory, I'm not going to let it stop me from sharing the gospel with people who need it. Because there are much worse things in life and in death than COVID-19.
And I want, a people, I want to see people experience the life that God has to offer. So here's what I want you to do. Here's the big takeaways for you. If you don't have a one, if you don't have someone in your life that you identified back in January as being the person that you were going to invest in in 2020, I would like to invite you tonight to ask yourself, who can be your one? Just because it's not January doesn't mean it's too late to start. God didn't say make disciples of all nations only in the month of January. This is a mission for the rest of our lives, whether it's January or not. So who is the one person God wants you to pray for, that God wants you to invite to church, that God wants you to share the gospel with sometime during the end of 2020? If you have a one, let me invite you to ask, what problems have gotten in the way of investing in your one this year? How has COVID-19 made it difficult for you? And how can you reshape your perspective to actually reach your one? Who can you talk to to get advice about doing this? Connect group leader, a parent, a mentor in your life. Who can you talk to that can help you brainstorm? How can I, how can I change my perspective to get over this problem to accomplish the mission? And then finally... This is a big ask. I want to ask you guys sometime during the end of 2020 to invite your one to midweek. Because I'll tell you this much, they'll hear about Jesus here. They'll hear how much Jesus loves them. They'll hear how, how Jesus died on the cross for their sins and rose from the dead. And how he wants to see them experience life change. They're going to hear that here. So my big thing that I want to ask you guys to do for 2020 is to invite your one to midweek. And you never know what God might do in their lives because you didn't let anything stop you from accomplishing your mission. Let me pray for you guys. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we are grateful. We are grateful for the way that you have moved in our hearts even during a hard season like COVID-19. And God, we know it's not done. We don't know when this is going to be done. But what we do know is that COVID-19 is not bigger than you. There is no problem, no weapon formed against us that will prosper because you are bigger you are stronger, and nothing can stand against you. So God, we rest in you, we trust in you, and we ask, we ask that you would bring victory when it comes to sharing the gospel with our friends. We ask that you would bring victory when it comes to inviting our ones to midweek and we ask God we ask 
that you would do the miracle of saving our lost friends and family members who don't know Jesus yet. We love you, Father. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you.